Good morning and welcome to the Weldon Green Podcast. Today I'm going to bring you a new episode of the Ask Weldon Show. You can check the show out live every day, 6.30 p.m. at twitch.tv slash mindgamesweldon. And remember that everything in the Mind Games brand is supported by the Mac program, mindgames.gg slash MAC. And you guys should use the code podcast as you're listening to the audio version of the show rather than the code that I share during the video. All right, let's hop into it. Good morning and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 209, How to Make Uncoachable Athletes Coachable. Today we have two questions from Todd about how to do this. Um, announcements, announcements. My my NA is bad video is trending now uh, perfectly when Team Liquid is turning it around and looking to actually make it out of groups. So I'm very excited about that. I've been cheering them on the whole time. My prediction still holds that they're going to win the event. Uh, the reason I made the video is because 50 bajillion people were were messaging me after Team Liquid went 0-4, and four, asking me why NA was bad over and over again, and I wanted them all to stop messaging me. So I made a video saying that the three or four things that I have always said for the last five years about why NA uh, typically, like, you know, has to climb out of a hole in every single international event, and I put it up on YouTube. So you can check that out on YouTube. And um, stop messaging me on Reddit about what's going on. Okay. Other than that, thank you for calling in your questions to the show. We need more, 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 more. Uh, my name is Weldon, if I didn't say that already. And you are the uh, like creators of this show. So you guys are the people who call in the questions. That's why it's the Ask Weldon Show. Um, I was just showing you where the Weldon was in this show. And so you can call in those questions at anchor.fm slash Green. And then I will answer them. And it's the Ask Weldon show, not the Ask Weldon a very specific question in a niche show. So feel free to ask me whatever you want. And if it's a bad question, I, I won't put it on the show. And bad questions are things like, um, why are my toes stuck in peanut butter right now? Or will you send me $7 so that I can buy a Slurpee? Um, those are bad questions. And good questions are things like, why am I really pissed at my brother and how can I not hit him uh, when I'm tilting out of my mind at his Fortnite play as we're sitting on the couch and he's losing me game after game after game in squads? Um, those are those are good kinds of questions. So typically sports psychology, performance psychology, high performance or elite performance, even better relationship and human interaction. And if you have anything about branding or business, I really like those kind of questions too because that is what I have to do every single day, all day. And so I'm always trying to learn new things. And uh, some of them are pretty successful, as you can see by my Twitter following account. So you can ask me about how to get 25,000 Twitter followers if you like. Should we jump into the show? Yeah, let's jump into the show. All right, like I said, the first question is from Todd. And uh, he's going to ask, a two-parter here, so I'm going to play it once, and then for the second part of the question, I'll, I'll just like replay it, or else I'll pause it, and we'll restart the question then. Hmm. Hey, Weldon, my name's Todd. I'm a high school policy debate coach. Um, if you've never heard about policy debates, pretty intense activity that requires a lot of hours of uh, mental focus and high performance. Uh, I've been watching your videos a lot as a fan of TSM, and I thought 
Uh, I try to help my students kind of reach their peak performance with some of the techniques that, that you talk about a lot that you teach. Uh, so I have a two-parter for you about coaching philosophy that I hope you can help me with. Uh, so one, how do you go about determining, figuring out a central coach philosophy? And how, then how do you get people to, uh, that you're coaching, how do you get them on board with the kind of things like mindfulness and meditation if they're kind of uh, skeptical about the ideas at first? Uh, thanks in advance and uh, have a great show. All right. I'm going to fast forward to that second part. You, um, that you're coaching, how do you get them on board philosophy? Okay. I paused it right before the second part of that question, so we'll jump into that after this first parter. So the first parter is, how do you create a coaching philosophy? Is that right? How do you determine your coaching philosophy? Okay, so I used to have a framework for this. Let me see if I can dredge it up out of my mind. First of all, I want you to write about um, your, your narrative arc. So how is it that you ended up as a coach? What is important to you? about changing people's behavior and why are you motivated to do that? So what is like your internal motivation towards coaching and modification of other people's behavior to improve something, right? It's to either improve their performance or to improve them as people or to improve their math grades or whatever it is. What is your personal like stake in this? And number two, how do people change behavior? You have to write down your personal theory and I don't care... Like, it doesn't matter if you go and you steal a scientific theory. Your personal theory of how people change behavior is going to be an amalgamation of your life, your experience, your anecdotes, your parenting, and then all of the, like, science that you, like, scrape off the internet or whatever. Uh, the thing that you have to write down is your personal viewpoint or opinion or theory of how it is that people change behavior. What are the antecedents? So what are the things that they need? What are the precursors to changing behaviors? What do they need from themselves? What do they need from you? What do they need from the environment? Like, how is it that people change? Like, what what is it, the mechanisms, psychological, physical, um, like, do they need pain? Can they do it through hugs? Uh, these are these are important questions. Like, some people think you, you need suffering to change, right? Boot camp sergeants, for example. Uh, other people think that you need, you know, comfort and, like, freedom of mental space. You know, hug and, like, soft cushions everywhere so you don't hurt yourself on any sharp edges and music. Um, so, like, what is... How do people change their behavior? And and I, I don't mean like, you can you can think of this as changing behavior. You can think of it as learning too. You can say like, how is it that people learn? How is it that their minds are formed uh, to have a new skill that they didn't have seven minutes ago or seven days ago? You have to write that down. And usually this is a full paragraph. So I say three paragraphs, okay? The third paragraph is, what? how are people motivated? And this is, there's a po- couple parts to this. So how is it that people that motivation works and by that i mean you and within this paragraph you have to talk about both uh individual motivation so this is something i noticed this and this is a this could be you know a gender difference so this could just be an anomaly but i noticed that a lot of guys were turning in papers where they would only write about individual motivation and they wouldn't talk about social uh, determinants at all. And so if you're a guy in particular, make sure that this paragraph consists of two parts. One being individual motivation, so intrinsic motivation when you're alone in a room and you're thinking, take, undertaking a task, and then social determinants. And remember that these social determinants are, are applying to you even if you're in a room alone by yourself working on a task. Like most likely, 
there are a bajillion social determinants of motivation that are like hitting you from all angles. So how is it that humans are motivated both as a social organism and as an individual organism to undertake a task? What is your understanding of the motivation that people have that, that fuels them? And that is your coaching philosophy, those three paragraphs. So your personal narrative arc into like coaching in general, how do people learn or behavior change? And then what is motivation or how do you see motivation? And if you can operate on those two things, learning and motivation, then you're coaching somebody, basically. Like you can motivate them to learn and improve. And the better you are at the learning part, the learning paragraph, just across all humans, the better coach you're going to be. And the better you are at the motivation part, just across all humans, the better coach you're going to be. You know, you're going to get them at a faster level and you're going to get them for free, essentially. So that is how you coach. You motivate people to learn. And your philosophy should consist of your personal theory and understanding of those two concepts, I think. Okay, so that's the answer to part one. Let's jump into part two, which is how do athletes get on board with mindfulness meditation? I just said the question, but let's listen to it again anyway. And how, then how do you get people to, um, that you're coaching, how do you get them on board with the kind of things like mindfulness and meditation if they're kind of the skeptical about the ideas at first? Uh, thanks in advance and uh, have a great show. All right. So if they're skeptical of them, just a second, I need a drink. Ah. All right, better. You guys got a close-up on my mic there. If they're skeptical of them, first of all, they should be. So it's fine to be skeptical of mindfulness and meditation. Um, And I convince people through a number of different ways, uh, all put together. So I don't think you should try one way. I think you should like put as many in the bucket as you can. First of all, I talk about the the foundations of mindfulness and meditation. So what does it do? What is it? Uh, and what does it do? And I, and I abstract the spirituality because a lot of what people are afraid of is the spirituality of meditation. So you can like take that away a little bit. Just talk about mindfulness, you know, and brain training. And I talk about the, the fundamental science of it. So here's what's happening. Here's what you're doing. Here's what's happening. And, and here's the results of it according to research. Then I talk about sports stories. So I share sp- success in sport or in performance from people who are applying mindfulness training techniques and line it up, like line the results up with exactly what the research shows, um, essentially. I don't have to line the results up. The results line themselves up because that's what research is. It's revealing truth, right? And then I share a bunch of stories of truth. Um, and then we, I give them quick wins. So then we do an experiment with like one kind. And then I tr- and then after that, so we, we do a little mindfulness you know, ourselves and I like demystify it right there in front of them. And then the rest of it is removing barriers. So part of it there is like setting the framework and making them excited about it and saying like, this is what you're going to get when you do this. And then the rest of it is removing barriers. What is the barrier? And then that's empowering. So it's like, what is the barrier preventing you from doing this here and now or like tomorrow morning or whenever or like, and somebody's like, well, you know, in the morning, I'm just really busy. Okay, well, so let's do it some other time. Okay, when, when are you unbusy? Okay, Um are you, do you have a script? No. Okay. Let's get some scripts on your phone. Okay. Do you think this is like, like you're doing it and you think that you're doing it wrong? Okay. Well, let's listen to this person who lectures about how there is no wrong way to do it. And when you're listening to the script and going like, Oh, this is so cheesy. Like that's actually fine. 
It's not actually you're messing anything up. That's just you being distracted. Bring yourself back, you know, um, stuff like that. So, so you can, you can just answer questions and demystify it even more and remove barriers, mental and emotional barriers consistently and always ask people like, what is stopping you from doing this? What kind of emotion are you feeling that is preventing you from doing that? And just, yeah. So that's how I do it. I lay the framework and I justify it using research and sports stories. And then we demystify it with experience so that they know what it feels like. And then we start removing barriers and then that's it until the actual results come in. And I try to give them quick wins. So I try to always combine it with gratefulness conditioning, which actually kicks off sooner. Like people can feel the effect of gratefulness conditioning and prioritizing their goals really soon. Whereas mindfulness, like you got to train your brain. It's like a muscle. So it's not just going to, you're not just going to get swole overnight when you start training every single day at the gym. And you can talk to them about that and you can share them the dose amounts that are required to actually make effective training, right? Say like, okay, you're going to have to, you're going to have to dose um, eight cumulative hours with uh, the minimum of five minutes of training uh, over the course of nine weeks, um, you know, in order to start to see effective physical changes in your brain. You might see psychological changes before that. Those are good. At that point, you're going to start seeing physical changes and you're going to start coping with things better just automatically. You probably aren't even going to notice those. So I'm going to point them out to you, you know, after three months of doing this. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how it works. I haven't run into a single person in professional esport who didn't work on mindfulness training. I mean, some of them had barriers that prevented them from continuing, right? They couldn't keep up the habit. But that doesn't mean they didn't want to keep up the habit. And I think the reason is because of the ambition, right? Like when you are ambitious, you don't care about what it is. You just want to win. And so you will do anything to improve your chance of success. You don't care about these like embarrassing things like, oh, what's it look like? And oh, it feels weird. And oh, it's like... You, if you want to win a world championship or a regional championship, um, little things like, oh, my dress is pink instead of purple, like don't matter anymore. Um, so n- nobody cares about, you know, the random embarrassment things or like the spirituality things or whatever. They just want tools. And, th- and then if you give them tools, they will use them, period. So if your kids are resistant to it, it's likely that their level of ambition towards whatever it is they're they're applying their increased concentration to is not high enough. So let's say you're, you're like, this will help you get better at this thing. And they just don't care enough about that thing. Um, then their ambition is not strong enough to power through the barriers. And so it's not going to happen. And that's going to be not a result of anything that you're doing or anything that they're doing. It's like you can't, you can only lower the barriers of training so much. You still have to go to the gym and suffer. Like at some point, you got to walk through the gym doors and lift a heavy weight and it's going to hurt. And at some point with mindfulness, you have to sit down, you have to do mindfulness for 15 minutes and it's going to be boring. Um, so the thing that they're getting out of it in terms of the results, they have to want it badly enough for that motivation to wire up correctly and if they don't that's not a problem like they're just not ambitious about that so wait until 
they're running away somewhere in the future of their life and they run into something that they actually want and then they will remember your lessons about mindfulness and they'll and they'll rediscipline themselves to do it and that'll be the moment when it becomes useful to them. That's my recommendation. Okay, that's the show for today. And I thought that the answers are going to be long and convoluted and that's why I only did two questions. But, uh, but they weren't. And so here we get to end early. Make sure to check out the MAC program. The MAC program is my training program for mental resilience. It's called the Mindfulness Acceptance Commitment Program. And it is the only sponsor that supports this brand and everything that I do. And I decided to do this because I don't want to take a bunch of sponsors for monitors and energy drinks and all that stuff. What I did was I created something that is me that you might want to buy. And I'm selling it as a product. So it's just an online training video course, online video course training of me, 47 sessions, seven modules over seven weeks, seven days, seven modules with seven sessions each um, that take you through the fundamentals of, of high performance and mental resilience in high performance that I have used with TSM and G2 and CLG. Most notably with CLG, that was the team that I went literally through the exact program with, with TSM and G2. Obviously, I was in-house, so I got to modify it a lot and embed it in their daily lives. But with with CLG, it was literally just calling in and going through these same workshops and videos and then working with them one-on-one, of course, to win Madison Square Garden. In our in our epic comeback split of the uh, making CLG relevant again as a brand. Uh, so yeah, you can check it out, mindgames.gg slash MAC, and you can use the code AskWeldon to get a $5 discount, mostly to signify and to tag where it is that you came from and where you heard about this program from. So if you want to support what I do, and you don't want to subscribe on Twitch, actually, this is better than subscribing on Twitch, because obviously, Twitch takes some of that profit, whereas I get all of this, and I get to use it to build the brand, um, improve the program, build the app, and do all sorts of fun things that uh like buy food for my kids talk to you guys later that's the show for you today i hope that you guys enjoyed it remember you can check out the show live at twitch.tv slash mind games weldon every day 6 30 p.m and you can join the pre and post show chat where i answer questions from the audience in depth we can kind of dig into them deeper because you're there to respond and make sure that if you check out the mac program mindgames.gg slash mac that you guys use the code podcast thanks for listening and i'll talk to you tomorrow